Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of life, the gift of sunshine, Lord, the gift of warmth, the gift of family and friends and fellow believers. Lord God, we pray that as we gather here and are scrunched in all together, Lord, that you would give us unity of heart and mind. Give us peace and grace, Lord. May we be encouraged by the presence of one another. May we uh, reach out in love, Lord, and seek to welcome others, Lord. May we be people of peace and hope. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us today. We come to you today, Lord, with shadows on our hearts, with sorrows and sadness, Lord, with joy as well. And we come to you and we ask that you would speak to us today, that you would reveal yourself to us, that you would be powerfully present Lord God, please give me your words to speak to your people and give us all your word to speak to this world. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. Morning. Great to see you all. If if you need an extra seat, there is the choir pew that's open. We can uh, put you up here. Anybody? Yeah, if you want to go up there, Ray, that's totally fine. So I'm serious. I'm not joking on that. Remarkably. All right, so I've got... A story for you today. A message of hope. Uh, it's not a new story. You've probably heard it before, but it is just as fresh and relevant and real as it was when it was first told. And that story I want to tell you about is about the 20th, the 2012 San Francisco Giants and their playoff run. <laughs> right? Tell me about it. Wasn't that one of the greatest playoffs ever? Right. If you'll remember, uh, the Giants had done well during the regular season, but here they are uh, facing the Cincinnati Reds in the National League Division Series playoffs. Five-game series. Five-game series. And the Giants had not done really well against the Reds during the regular season. And so here they were facing them. Game one, Reds take the game, five to two. Okay, there's still hope, right? Five to two, at least there's a game there. All right, Giants can certainly come back in game two. Game two came and went, Reds nine, Giants two. Things are not looking good, folks. Do you remember this? Do you remember the anxiety and the fear that we saw, that we felt when our Giants were just falling game after game? And then they started coming up with stats for us, right? We all learned that no team, no National League team had ever come back from a two to zero deficit to win. No team ever And no major league team has ever won a best-of-five postseason series by winning the last three games on the road, which is what the Giants had ahead of them. They had to win the three games in Cincinnati. There they are, the Giants, stuck in this place where surely there is no hope. Surely this is only sorrow ahead of them. But what did they end up doing? They won. They won the next three games, right? Moved on to the next level. And you'd think they'd have learned their lesson, right? Don't get behind. Don't get behind. But then they go to face the St. Louis Cardinals in the National League Championship game. The Cardinals won three out of the first four games. And it was looking bad for the Giants again. They were against the ropes, folks. I mean, there is no hope. The Giants are not coming back again. They just can't do it. They can't keep defying the odds. Eventually, it catches up to you. People were in despair. Sorrow seemed like the only possible future. 
Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter to you, because we know a story like that as well. A story of sorrow. A story of difficulty and challenge. A story of betrayal. That God, in his remarkable grace, turned into a story of joy. Now this morning, nearly two millennia ago, it seemed like the Giants' postseason prefigured, right? Let's recount the story. Let's go through it. Uh, Jesus had been tried by a corrupt court under trumped-up charges and then convicted of a crime he didn't commit. He was betrayed by his disciples and the people he had come to save. Then he was beaten and nailed to a cross where he died between two criminals. He was enclosed in a tomb on Friday. On Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb while it was still dark. She came to that place where her hopes had been buried. She came and visited that tomb. But when she got there, she saw that something was wrong with the tomb. What was wrong with it? It was open, right? The stone was rolled away. And so Mary was like freaked out, right? I think that's how it said it. That's the articulate way to say it. She was freaked out, right? Because if you'll, like, the tombs then were kind of like mine shafts here. You know, you see them, like, hewn into a wall, and then they roll a stone in front of it to close it off. That's how they did it back then. And Mary goes and sees that it's open, the stone is out of place, and she totally loses it. Jesus is not where he's supposed to be. Obviously, grave robbers or someone has come to desecrate his body and has taken it, and the tomb is empty And so she runs for help. And she goes and she gets Peter and another disciple, who we assume the other disciple is John, because he uses this kind of ambiguous language we think about himself through the gospel. And they engage, uh, Peter and this other disciple, engaged in one of the few foot races we have recorded in the scriptures. (laughs) And it would be kind of cool if we did like an Easter morning race to church or something. Right? Well, show up sweaty and... Oh, wait, that wouldn't be so pleasant. But that's what they did. They have this race, right? And John actually records for us the results. Who wins the race? John, right? John wins. He gets there first, but he stays outside the tomb. Peter chugging along behind him. He's more of a distance runner than a sprint. Peter goes, but he doesn't stop outside. He goes inside and says, ha ha, I won. We are racing to inside. No, that's not what he says at all. Not at all. Forget I even said that. Right? No, but Peter does, in fact, pass up John at the tomb, goes inside, and sees. He sees the wrappings there. He sees the wrappings that Jesus had previously been wrapped up inside of. They are there, but Jesus' body is not. And the gospel says that John believed at this point. John believed. Then the disciples, what do they do? They go home. Isn't this kind of weird? Right? They go home. They're like, well, all right, there's the wrappings, empty tomb. All right, I guess we'll go home. And who do they leave behind? The one who came and got them, Mary. The one who's like, guys, I need help. Jesus is gone. Right? The one who's sobbing at the tomb. They're just like, well, I guess there's a game on. Right? And leave poor Mary there alone. And there is Mary, 
at the tomb, crying. Crying. And two angels appear to her and ask her a question. Woman, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? And why is Mary weeping? Because Jesus' body is gone, right? His body is gone. Someone has taken the body. She's there to do her duty, to go and anoint the body, to care for it. And the body is gone. It's been taken, obviously. Someone has taken that body. And she is just inconsolable. She says, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. You see, she's stuck in this idea that Jesus is dead and that grave robbers have stolen him. Then she turns around, and who does she see standing in front of her? Jesus. And does she recognize him? No. Why? He's supposed to be dead. We don't really know why. I just like to ask you that. Ask questions I don't know the answer to. Makes me sound smarter, I guess, or something. I don't know either. I don't know why. Maybe she's just so sad that she can't, like, she's just so engulfed in her grief. Maybe her eyes are filled with tears and she's not seeing so well. We don't really know, but she doesn't recognize him. She doesn't recognize him. And so he asks her, sir, if you've taken his body away, tell me where he is that I can go to him. But Jesus says something that breaks her out of her funk. What is that? Mary. Says her name. Says Mary. And upon hearing her name from her friend and Lord, she suddenly realizes who he is. And she grabs hold of him. Because her hopes have all been fulfilled. Her fear, her sadness, her anxiety, that lost feeling she was just gnawing in her heart is gone. Jesus is there. And she can touch him and hold him. And Jesus uh, sends her back to his disciples with a message telling them that um, Jesus, that he's risen and that he'll be meeting them. And in this way, she becomes the Eastern Church, considers her an apostle to the apostles, right? One who was sent to those who will be sent. The message bearer to the message bearers. And her message that she carries as well is, I have seen the Lord. She has a personal testimony based in her experience of seeing and holding on to Jesus Christ. In the resurrection of Jesus, Mary and all those who loved him are taken from the sorrow of death to the joy of life. Jesus has been resurrected. Hope has dawned where it seemed that only failure and sorrow loomed. And as you remember, the San Francisco Giants were in a similar place in 2012. They were down three games to one facing those Cardinals. The Cardinals only needed to win one more game to take the series. But as you remember, the Giants came back, won all the next games, took the series, and then went to the World Series where they swept the Tigers four games to none. And what had happened to the fans of San Francisco? They went from sorrow, from fear, from anxiety, from pain, from loss, this feeling of loss, even though it hadn't arrived yet, they felt it coming, to joy became one of the greatest uh, playoff series ever, the way they came back. The hope of Easter is so much greater than this. For Jesus Christ, by taking our sorrows and bringing hope, 
has changed us and has changed this world and has changed life forever. You and I, we might have come to church this morning bearing sorrows. We might have come with pain in our heart, with failure gnawing on us, with a feeling that we're only one step away from a great loss or a great mistake and everything will come crashing down around us. Today, I want to lay down my sorrows at the foot of the cross. I want to turn them over to Jesus. I want to give him my pain, my failures, my weakness. I want to give those to Jesus. And I want to hold on to his hope. Because I don't want to live in pain. I don't want to live in sorrow. I don't want to live in guilt and despair. I want to live in life and joy. And the beautiful thing is, is that in Jesus Christ, when we give those things to him, he gives us his peace and his life and his hope. And everything is changed. You and I experience new life. And the world no longer need be filled with fear of failure and suffering, but rather is filled with opportunity, and love, and life, and hope. How about you? What did you come carrying today? What was it that was in your heart as you drove to church today? Or as you stayed awake maybe last night? What is that thing that's gnawing on you? that you desire to lay down before Jesus Christ. Today, may you do it. By the grace of God, may you be able to let go of that and to receive from him hope and joy. And may that hope and joy change the way you and I live. May we go out into this world seeing opportunities, opportunities to love, to serve, to lay down our lives for others, and to speak the words of Christ to a world which is held in the throes of pain and suffering. Jesus Christ is risen today, never to die again. The greatest victory the world has ever seen has been won by our Savior. May we celebrate this joy and rejoice together. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for the hope that you give us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we come to you burdened. We come to you, Lord, in need of your grace and mercy. And we ask, Lord, that you would give it to us. And Lord, we pray that you would use this transformed hearts that you are placing in us, Lord, that we would use them to bring hope in this world. May we lay down our lives for others. May we serve those you place us among. Lord, may we be generous, kind, thoughtful, and filled with your hope, Lord God. And we pray that you would guide us as we go out into this world. May we be messengers, Lord, of your message of reconciliation. Lord, we confess to you that we don't deserve this, we have not earned it, but it is purely by your grace that you have invited us into this relationship with you. And we receive it wholeheartedly today. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.